Hey Solomon, this is Jay Rosemary. Are you tired of feeling overwhelmed and alone? I know when my children were younger, there was a lot of times I felt alone. That's why I started Solomon's Talk, this podcast. But you're not alone. You don't have to parent alone. And I, I keep repeating it because it's something that it seems we are convinced that we are alone. But reach out to me. I'm here for you. I can talk you through anything that's going through your mind. Because believe me, I've gone through some stuff. You can tell from listening to these podcasts that I empathize with you. And I understand and can connect with what's happening with you. So click the link below and book a one-on-one with me. We could just chat. Uh, No obligation, no... um, no commitment, just chat. And so don't parent alone. Click the link below and book a, book a chat with me. And no obligation, confidential and safe place to talk about you. Get them through the right school at the best possible price in the least amount of time that results in a degree or a certification they can use. Tired, weary, frustrated? What would you be doing if you weren't raising children alone? What's stopping you from living your best life now? On Solar Moms Talk, I discuss with solar mothers the challenges you face raising children alone. So if you're a working solar mom dealing with independent children, insensitive bosses, weight and health issues, or even death collectors. Join us as we discover your path to get and stay healthy, increase your income, and live with joy and purpose. In this battle of life, it's hard to keep your head above the talking to Bonnie Burkett today and he she's the author of Enough the college cost crisis how to protect your wallet and your students financial future that's a hot topic Bonnie welcome it's on a lot of people's minds thank you it's great to be here yes so tell me about your passion for college and college students and college financing well, because uh, first of all, uh, I am a parent of, a, of an adult uh, child, they're always your child no matter how old mm-hmm. they get, who went through this process a few years back, and uh, I was shocked at how much things had changed since I was ha- had the opportunity to be in college. There were things called a FAFSA, there was a common application, this was all new, and um, our daughter was a good student. But we almost couldn't find her the right school because she had a special focus and interest. I felt like I was playing fourth quarter American football and the score was 20 to nothing and I couldn't get a pass completed. So if I felt that way, I knew I had a lot of company because I would talk to my friends. So fast forward year after year, I kept saying, why isn't anybody talking about this? Why isn't anybody writing about this? Why does anybody not talk about how to do this better? 
And finally, bored all my friends and family to the point of tears when someone finally said, would you quit talking about it? Would you go ahead and write the book? Oh, yeah, let's do that. So I did that <laughs> last, last summer. And uh, it came out <clears throat> the week of the when the pandemic hit and everything shut down in 2020. Mm-hmm. Terrific yeah. timing. Well, we have time to read it now, hopefully. One of the things I want to talk about, because it has affected me in a lot of ways, is what is the importance of, you know, spending all this money for an education? Uh, Why bother? That is a great core question. And I'm going to answer it, but I'm also going to answer it that things are changing. So it's a, there's a good reason, but that reason is changing. So let's start with the good reason. The numbers still tell us that as a group, college graduates earn more than their high school only counterparts. The the numbers increase with the years of higher education. The the dollar or the value or your career money increases with that in general. Mm -hmm. But that's the problem right now. We have people who are going off and going to small schools, this is a true story, a friend of mine, beautiful singer, went to college at a small school, got a partial scholarship, but had to borrow the balance. And she is now a public high school teacher. Mm. She has $80,000 in debt, and yeah. she's working for public high school wages. First of all, we don't pay teachers enough. Let's just call that out, truth. Right. And then to be facing a debt that completely hurts her in her current circumstances and impacts her child and what she can save and work for them for. So this is where the problem is. It's not that she's not going to earn good money. It's that is she going to earn enough money to pay back a loan that is probably over nearly $900 a month? I don't know about you, but I can get about three cars out of that, and then I have something to show for it. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that, that is difficult uh, because on the one hand, and that's something I went through as a solo parent, you know, you're not making enough as a high school graduate, so you're, you're, you want to go to college and get a, bed, uh, get a degree, so you get a better job, so you get better pay, but how much how are you better if you're a hundred thousand in debt and making ten or twenty thousand dollars a year a year more? You are not. In fact, as I developed the book, the middle part of the book I realized was so essential, which is we're not paying attention to what our students' gifts and graces are. Mm-hmm. And so the middle part of my book is about assessing your students' orientations. I don't know if anybody knows this right now, but there's over 1 million jobs in the United States for long-haul trucking. They can't get anybody Hmm. to drive the big rigs. And they're paying better than ever. They're paying $60,000 to $80,000 a year for that. If you have the license and you have a little bit of experience, they're trying to train people, and they can't fill the positions. Hmm. That does not require a college degree, but that does require someone who likes the idea of that lifestyle, who is competent around machinery and wants to be a trucking hero. And they are heroes to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, that's understood. But but then again, trucking isn't, it's not 
fancy, right? It's not, no. you know, it's not Wall Street or, you know, a doctor. So, no. yeah. So I, but it's I, very honorable. Yes. And I, I think us as parents have a lot of blame, right? We, we deserve the blame if for anything else, maybe not. But for this, we do because we tend to push our kids. I'm guilty of that because we want better. But every, every parent wants their child to be happy, safe, economically strong, and have as good or better life than they did themselves. Yes. And especially solo moms who struggle every single day, financially, emotionally, just put every L-Y on the end of every word, and it's true. Because <laughs> right. that's a hard, hard role. So you're always wanting better. But are we at the price tag of that? Is that the better we wish we had? Or is it the better for them? For them, right. So the middle book, uh, I have chapters on emotional intelligence, uh, Myers-Briggs uh, tests for both personality as well as career options. A few people know that Myers-Briggs does that. And then the final third of the book is really all about some secret sauce, and I don't mind sharing with your listeners, um, how you can do the first two years of college for less than $4,000, and they have to take your credits. 80% wow. of colleges and universities will have to take these credits. Okay. Glad to share that a little later. Let's save that for the end. Okay. All well, right. We can do it now, whatever you want. <laughs> well, I think we've set the pace for like the mindset and the landscape. Um, where does one start? I'm a parent. I have a 16-year-old a um, who has his heart set in college. Where does the parent start in guiding that 16-year-old one to, you know, to develop their sense of independence to how to finance something like that? Like, where do you start in making sure that at 25, they're not sitting going, oh my God, my life is over because I can't afford anything? It's a great question. Um, and I want to tell you, there's some great people out there that I have uh, looked into some of what they do. One of my favorite authors is Jeannie Berlowski. She is a college career consultant. Uh, she wrote a book called Launch. If I were going to write a how-to book by literally every grade, well, that's what she did. Mm -hmm. And I used it as a, as a resource in what I wrote. And Jeannie says you can start as early as sixth grade, and you should. Mm -hmm. uh, Jeannie's thing is, uh, and I want to promote her because I, I agree with it. She says you can start now with STOs, standing for service to other projects at any time. Think of it as, um, you know, Lily's Lemonade stand for a cause. Mm -hmm. And then you can start in the sixth grade and you can keep repeating it. And then you build up other lemonade stands and you manage your stands and you're giving money to this cause and that cause. These days, that's what makes people stand out in college is to have something where they've given back. Community Teenagers, service. that's an important yeah. lesson for every teenager. Yeah. Let's fast forward to your 16-year-old. If I were talking to my 16-year-old and they look at you and say, I know I'm supposed to go to college, but I haven't got a clue what I might do, that's the time to go online and find a quality but not too expensive career aptitude test. 
Mm-hmm. The other thing is pay attention to what they're good at. Are they exceptionally good with little critters and animals? Are they bringing home all kinds of creatures and nursing them back to health? That might be a leaning towards, you know, animal husbandry, veterinarian. I believe we show our gifts. I believe we demonstrate them. And astute parents can just kind of look back on that. And in my book, I even have a whole chapter on just journaling four key questions about what basically makes you so excited and cause you to lose track of time. Yeah. For those who can't stand those tests, I brought that in too. If we start thinking back about our kids, they show directions. My own daughter, well, in in her essay, she wrote that she was born with a crayon in her hand. Not quite true, but she was never a doubt wanting to use her artistic gifts and they are rather strong. Right. My hard and difficult part was finding a program that would use that and still get, let her have a job. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We didn't want to be a freelancer. At least she wasn't built for that. So we had to narrow it. It sounds easy when they know what they want to do. Not true. It can be just as hard because your direction is narrower. And then at the end, you have to be honest about your finances. So this is the third part. Mm -hmm. I think I don't mean to be, I don't mean to accuse anybody of anything, but we little get a little bit of that keeping up with the Joneses thing. Well, my child is going to XYZ. Oh, that's lovely. Mine is going to ABC university or college or program. And it's hard for us to say, yeah, my kid's going to train to be a truck driving hero. We just struggle with that. Yes. Yes. That's true. And maybe it's one of the biggest problems is that we are using a standard set by other people, you know, the community, keeping up with the Joneses, rather than looking at the child and our own familial disposition. Where are we? Well, and I think the other thing that I want everyone to get this message if they do nothing else, I just listened to a podcast by Andy Hill. Andy Hill brought out a terrifying number and it's true he looked at his own two children and he has calculated he's a financial guy that it'll cost three hundred and thirty eight thousand dollars to put his two kids to college if in the future mm-hmm. i don't know a soul who can save the kind of money it would take every month to afford that yeah it doesn't mean college is unaffordable it just means you can't do it the way my parents did with me or the way I did even with my own daughter. Mm-hmm. We were blessed with some resources. If we hadn't, it wouldn't have happened that way. Right. So you, it's okay to say, I don't have all the money. The next question is, but what can we do to get you through? In fact, I kind of have a mantra. I hope I can repeat it. It's on the back of the book. Get them through the right school at the best possible price in the least amount of time that results in a degree or a certification they can use. Right. Oh, I like that. I really like that. Yeah. And I'm looking at, you have uh, several myths um, outlined in your book. Indeed. (laughs) I'm going to ask you to explain just one um, myth number four. Alternate educational paths are for losers with the capital L. 
Right. Um, alternative education pass. Uh, basically, that's anything that is different than what everybody else is doing. And my own daughter, even though she was going to college, she ended up going to an art college. Everybody kind of raised their eyebrows and went, oh, that's nice. While the rest of the flock of friends were all going off to the university or the flagship university or the second flagship university in our state. And uh, so alternative plans, we have branded for some reason as substandard. You must not be as smart as I thought you were. Well, I don't mean to be rude. She was invited five times by the flagship school to apply. That wasn't the issue. (laughs) She didn't want to be there because they didn't have the program she needed. So alternative plans are actually the new wave, in my opinion. Look at, can I take the talk at the little bit about the pandemic right now? What's going on? Yeah, sure. Okay, well, college is blowing up. That's another conversation. But here's what's happening immediately. We sent the kids back to school, and eventually they're all coming home by Halloween, one way or another, (laughs) uh, because they're going to close it down again. Maybe they'll get back in the spring. What I'm trying to say is kids are now finally saying, wait a minute. I'm paying, and it doesn't matter where you are, whatever your numbers are. In my state, the average cost for public goods university is $25,000 a year. I'm paying $25,000 a year for a Zoom class. Mm. Couldn't I pay a little less and be okay? Yeah. Students are turning into consumers Mm -hmm. and customers, and they want something different. Or they're open more than they ever have been before. So if I have a 16-year-old, a path, if my wallet says I can't, I don't have 100000 to spare to get them out debt-free, then maybe we do community college for two years at an exceptionally low cost. I mean, I don't know what it is wherever anybody might be, but it's a good bargain. Yeah. Especially, forgive me, but solo moms tend not to have a lot of spare money, mm-hmm. and they may be more likely to qualify for Pell Grants. In my neck of the woods, a Pell Grant will pay for about 90% of our community college Mm full-time. So that's really nice. Yes. yes. Great place to start. Yes. Did I answer your question? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Around the the myth. Yeah. The alternate uh, methods of education. Mm -hmm. There's also, it, it was, it's a good point you brought up about students becoming aware now that, hey, I don't have to go sit in the classroom for six, seven hours listening to stuff I have no interest in because there are all these other places that are offering me an education. My son learned how to code sitting in his room on his computer, paying $39 for a course. And and you're right. This is becoming the norm. Um. It, it is. And um, and students are, when they get that in their brain, they come up with stuff we don't know about. Yeah. Uh, I have another lady I'm working with um, who's a friend. Her son is a senior. And his his shtick, and, and I'll talk about the generations. I want to talk about that in just a second. Mm-hmm. He is a, he's a Gen Z, okay? The millennials are just about gone. Their whole generation is out of, pretty much close to out of college. But uh, the Gen Z behind them have seen them go into debt. Mm -hmm. And I wish this were a video because you would see a big giant X in front of my face. They don't want anything to do with it. (laughs) They are saying no to the debt. Yes. 
So they're the ones that are coming up and saying, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to do this different. Yeah. And they're coming up with terrific opportunities. Yeah. This is not good news for the four-year come and be a part of a giant class and have the parties and go to the football games. Mm-hmm. This is not good news for that. But right. that's what they're saying. Yes. Well, you know, something has to be done. I mean, it does. it's just ridiculous. Um, one other thing, if you don't mind, something, I just wrote a blog. I do have a blog at, um, I'll give you the address at the end. Anybody can join for free. And uh, I will never share their email or anything like that. They get a weekly blog for me. This week's blog coming out tomorrow is all about the absolutely terrible graduation rates. May I share just a little bit about that? Yes, please. When we send them off to college, we just believe that they're going to be able to do it. They're going to be able to get it done. And, and our dream and our plan is for four years. If you ever ask the question when you're walking around with the nice little cute people who tour you, or they used to, right now it's self-touring. But if you ask them, what is your graduation rate? And if by chance they know it, they'll probably say, oh, um, we graduate 64% of our students. Oh, I don't know about you, but on just about every grading scale I've ever heard, that's a D. Mm-hmm. Or 61% is not an uncommon number either. But I want to clue the parents into this. This is based on a federal methodology. Fancy words for the government gives you the equation. And you know what the government's equation is for graduation rates? It's not four years. It's 150% of the standard study of four years. So when they give you a graduation number, they're giving you the six-year graduation on a four-year school or the three-year graduation on a two-year school. Wow. Were you planning to spend six years worth of tuition for your little sweet pig? Not me. <laughs> oh, and my goodness. I know. And let's just bomb this a little bit more. Those scholarships, if you can even get them, my book kind of debunks that, Um if you can even get one, is set for four years. They don't extend them. Right. They don't have the money. They don't extend it. So right now, they're proud of graduating six out of 10 after six years. You know, Mm -hmm. my fingers up, six years of school. You know what the real average, national average for four-year graduation is? Are you sitting down? Yeah, everybody needs to be sitting down here. (laughs) 41%. Wow. One, four out of 10 students who attend college are graduating in four years. Mm, mm, mm. Shame and shame. Yes. And you don't know this, but it's out there. There's even, and my book has websites. Uh, I have websites where you can go look this up on any school uh, the reason I want you to have that is because if you're considering a school that has a 10 or 20 or 30% six-year graduation right, run away. Sadly, I'm in a, I'm in a nice uh, suburban town with uh, five colleges and universities directly in the town and another three nearby. And one of those schools is on a warning list for low graduation. How sad. It's a mm-hmm. lovely little school. Yeah. I won't it. But I'm just saying... Don't you think that's important? 
it is, but we yeah. don't realize that those that's what you're dealing with. Yeah. The other thing is you bring up the point about the scholarship paying for only four years. I think the um, government-backed student loans only pay up to a maximum as well. I don't it, think they would pay for six years. Well, you can borrow the money. Okay. They, they will let you go past the four. Uh, you do have to show reasonable progress, and their definition can change. Okay. Generally, it's not too bad. It's usually about a 2.5 grade point average. So you can borrow into your fifth and sixth, but now you're borrowing more. Mm-hmm. because less opportunities on that. Pell Grants are also, in general, although the FAFSA determines this, your FAFSA, that's golden, and not golden for you, it's golden for them, but it determines how much money they will give you and what it, where it comes from. The general rule of thumb is basically a household income of under 50000 and for a single person, maybe thirty-five to forty would be the would be the normative number in general. Again, FAFSA takes into account what you have in savings and, and other types of things. My book goes into the, I call it the 411 level. Okay. If you want to know everything FAFSA, Princeton Review does a nice big fat thick one and I've read every page. Most of us don't need that. <laughs> Most of us just need to know the punchlines. So I did a punchline summary of okay. FAFSA. Yeah. All right. Thank you. So tell me about your secret sauce. Okay. That doesn't mean you don't need the book because there's a lot of other good stuff in it too. But I fell into this secret sauce as I was doing the research for the book. Everybody is looking for a way to cut costs down. Mm -hmm. And community college has historically been the way to do that. But in my neck of the woods, full-time community, by the time you do $7,000 in tuition, another couple thousand car expenses to go back and forth. You're coming close to 10,000 a year, a good price, but not a great price. And all of a sudden I fell into the secret sauce. The secret sauce goes by the letters C-L-E-P. And that stands for college level exam placement. Mm -hmm. What is that? And why have you never heard that before? See, sometimes we're suspicious when we haven't heard something. I'm going to tell you why, and then we'll talk about it. You haven't heard it because it takes money out of their uh, coffers. It takes BICs out of their process. What is a BIC? It's a bottom in a chair. BIC, bottom in chair. (laughs) Yep, it's true. So the colleges, universities don't want you to know about CLEP, Mm -hmm. but you can go to www.collegeboard.com dot com and find everything you want to know about CLEP. CLEP is composed of 33, 33 general education courses. If you've been to college, you know, the first two years, they want you to sample the buffet, mm-hmm. have a biology course, have an introduction to Western Civ, have an English, intro, you know, you got to do a little bit of everything. Uh, supposedly and on the premise of, ooh, something might spark your interest. Well, The problem is, is that when you go to full-blown college, you're paying full-blown prices for general ed courses. College-level exam placement can be done while you're in high school if you're a good student, especially if you're an AP or an IB uh, student. You are taking school at a higher level in high school. You've got a great chance. 
So let me take that Western Civ example, uh, introduction to Western Civ. So you might be doing that in world history, in AP or in IB, and you make a B. That's a good sign. You could then, at the end of that semester, go online, do a quick study. They will sell you study materials, review everything you just had in high school, take a little exam over at the Prometric or Equivalent Testing Center. They've got them all over the country. They're at universities. They're freestanding testing centers. And you could walk away with three college credits. Or you could do it for the English. And you could do it for the chemistry. All introductory courses, Spanish one, French one. Now, here's the secret sauce too, meaning don't just take them randomly. You need to reverse engineer your college degree. You kind of got to know what you want to do and you want to find out what general education courses at the school you've been accepted to or you know you will be because you meet all the numbers. Um, Not a guess, you know, okay, like a safety like public university or something. Right. And you can get that degree there and you go in knowing and you talk, you go to a counselor and say, I'm doing this. I'm coming in. I want to come in as a near junior and they'll walk you back as to exactly what your major requires. And Mm. then you plan that back during high school and you can be doing this on, you know, Christmas holiday. You can do this on summertime. Right. Or you can do it all over the summer. The cost to you, here's the cool part to take the exam is a, is, um, $85 $85 in my neighborhood. The book is 60. Throw in some miscellaneous costs that I can't even think of. Under $200, you get three hours or four hours of credit. And all of a sudden, you're walking into your college with almost a near two years of general studies credits. So now when you walk in, you're a late sophomore or a very much a junior, and now you can take the advanced stuff and pay the real premium. You've just cut your college costs in half. Yeah, makes sense. Make a lot of sense. Wow. And our kids, um, our, our Gen Zs that we've talked about, they're so comfortable doing this with a computer. Mm-hmm. They're getting more comfortable now because they're doing their high school online. Right. And they're, you know, they're, what, what's the difference? At the moment, Zippo. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Bonnie. Thanks for sharing your secret sauce with us. (laughs) Well, there's more to the book. Don't fail to get the book. There's more stuff that's worth the price, but that's a way to look at that. And uh, that's, that's something that they don't want you to know about. Yes. I'll add add a link to the book uh, and your blog in the show notes. So um, yeah, listeners can get that. Really appreciate that. I just want to help and get the underground movement going here to find other ways to get that magic piece of paper. Uh, It still is worth it, but you just don't need to do it the way everybody has told you. It has to be done now. Right. And you're going to see more of this coming with the uh, pandemic and with schools consolidating and shuttering processes and programs. Um, You're going to see a lot more of this happening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's about time. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you. All right. And um, thank you for sharing so much with us. Uh, I really wish I knew some of this like several years ago. Tell me, one, your blog, how we could get on your blog. Absolutely. My blog is at uh, www.lightway, that's one word, light, L-I-G-H-T, way, W-A-Y, 
enterprises forward slash blog. Okay. So it's lightwayenterprises.com. Right. And they just go to your blog. Okay. And the name of your book? Again, it's Enough. Um, it's a, it's a uh, blue-green cover with big yeah. red letters, Enough. The College Cost Crisis. And the subtitle is How to Protect Your Wallet and Your Student's Financial Future. Bonnie Burkett, I'm the author. I also priced it so that even if you have to ship it and pay shipping, it's under $20. I didn't want to bust anybody's, uh, anybody's um, wallet. <laughs> I, I just downloaded it on my Kindle, so yes. Hey, it's even less for Kindle. That's correct. <laughs> yes. I appreciate you coming, Bonnie. And I hope that we will be able to talk to you again. Uh, I love that. I'm very interested to see how the college experience evolve in the next two to three years. And maybe we could talk again, right? I would love to. Don't wait two or three years. It's already the ship is tipping yeah. and things are changing. I'll give you a quick clue if you don't mind. Um, if your kid's in college, get them through and fast. If they're just starting, look real hard to make sure your college has enough money because they're going to be shortening and uh, mm-hmm. consolidating programs and majors. So stay tuned. Don't let this happen without being in tune. Right. Don't worry, though. If they do that, they will find a place for existing students and be okay to go to another level with a different institution. It'll be all right. But right. pay attention. Don't pretend it couldn't happen. It will. Yeah. Thank you, Bonnie. I appreciate you. Thank you. Take care. All righty. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening. I'd like to repeat the Native American proverbs that said, those who tell their story rule the world. Tell your story on an upcoming episode of Solo Mums Talk. And if you think this podcast will help someone else, please share it with them. Leave a review and subscribe so you'll know when new episodes become available. Thank you. I appreciate your support. Hello, solar moms. As a solar mom of three adult sons, I understand the challenges you face on a daily basis. As a mentor, my mission is to help you shift your mindset and empower you to take control of your life, to see yourself as God sees you. I know that unresolved trauma can be a heavy burden to carry, and parenting alone can be a lonely journey. But it doesn't have to be that way. I want you to know that you are not alone. You have the strength and resilience to overcome your challenges and create the life you desire. I want to help you to make the effort to tackle unresolved trauma and change your perspective so you can live the life you deserve. I offer complimentary consultation where we can discuss how to move forward create a plan to help you heal and empower you. You can schedule a consultation by emailing me at jen at jrosemarie.com 
or by calling plus one nine one seven nine nine four one three two nine or schedule a consultation with the link below I am here for you and I want to help you take the first step towards healing and empowerment don't let unresolved trauma hold you back any longer don't parent in silence so take action today and let's work together to empower you to live the life you desire.